Crime Scene and Cupcakes is an independent podcast created in the Anchor app, funded mainly through advertising. The podcast often has coarse language and disturbing content. Please listen wisely. Hey guys, it's Marianne, dog mom, baker, true crime podcast maker, and today we're going to discuss Jaquilla Scales. And it's so interesting that she has been quite a bit of topic of conversation just around my block. And then I came across a video Annette Lawless is doing a series on Missing in Kansas for Cake News. And two weeks ago, she did an interview with Eureka Scales, Jaquilla's mom, and several other family members. And I want to take you back as to what I meant when I said Jaquilla has been a topic of conversation around our block. So I was just talking about the podcast a little bit and how I want to focus more on the unsolved crimes here in Wichita because we have over 200 and the Wichita Police Department now has a cold case unit. Yay! And hopefully we can help get the information out there and help get those cases solved. And one of my neighbors mentioned Jaquilla's case. And he had said that he remembered it, but there was a little girl that went missing right before September 11th. And there was so much action on her case, but then 911 happened and all of the searching and everything everybody was doing just kind of went away. And her case has always stuck with him and he wondered what happened. He couldn't remember her name, but the case always stuck with him. And so, of course, I started to do some digging and found Jaquilla Scales. So, let's talk about her case. So, on September 4th, 2001, it was extremely hot in Wichita, Kansas. As Maddie Mitchell got her two great-grandchildren ready for bed at about 8 o'clock. Now... It's generally hot in Wichita, Kansas, especially, oh my God, right now here in August, we have been experiencing about 100 degree weather. Luckily, it's been raining, so it's a little bit cooler now. So, Maddie at that time, she turned on the air conditioner in the small bedroom, and then she helped four-year-old Jaquilla Scales and her two-year-old Marcus Scales, her little brother, climb up into bed that the three of them had shared. Jaquilla had attended her first day of preschool that morning, and she had had so much fun, so she and Marcus, they fell asleep almost immediately. Now, Maddie had gotten herself ready for bed, and she had told authorities that she had taken arthritis medication, and she said the arthritis medication can make her pretty drowsy. But before she went to bed, she made sure that the door that led from the bedroom to the backyard was closed, but she couldn't lock it because the lock was broken. 
but she wasn't overly concerned about that because the family's chow chow and i don't know if you guys have seen a chow chow and we'll put a link to what those type of dogs look like if you're not familiar with them but the family's chow chow baby baby slept in the backyard and would bark very loudly if anyone approached so after doing that, Maddie got into bed and turned the television on, but she was always careful to keep the volume pretty low so it wouldn't wake the kids. So she said, now she says she woke up a little bit after midnight and noticed the bedroom was kind of chilly. So she turned the air conditioner down a little bit and made sure the children were covered up before going back to sleep. Now we're getting some of this information from medium.com and we will provide links to that site as well. Now around 4 a.m. Maddie awoke with the feeling that something was just wrong. So she noticed that the door to the backyard was standing wide open. Marcus was still sleeping soundly next to her but Jaquilla was no longer in bed. Maddie got up and she looks in the backyard and she only sees Bebe. Now, she didn't say she was awoken by Bebe barking. There's no conversation about Bebe barking. So that's not noted anywhere. And also though, it is noted that Jaquilla is nowhere to be found at 4.06 a.m. Maddie calls 911 and tells the operator that her great-granddaughter is missing. Now, due to Jaquilla's young age, the Wichita Police Department responds to Maddie's house in full force. I mean, they bring everybody. But Maddie didn't quite believe that Jaquilla would leave the house on her own. In fact, they say she is afraid of the dark, and even though she's a very talkative girl. She's very social. This is just not the norm. This is not something she would do. She would not leave the house on her own. And they're convinced someone must have taken her. She points out immediately that the back door didn't lock and she feared someone had snatched the child from her bed. The police, however, are kind of skeptical about this. They just, they find it hard to believe that a stranger would just, first of all, know the back door was broken and then be brazen enough to just come into the same room where a brother and a great grandma are sound asleep and take a child away. And Remember, there are two uncles in the house, so they ask her, is it possible that any other family members could have taken Jaquilla? And Maddie goes on to explain, Big Mama, she goes on to explain that she had custody of the four-year-old child, but that her mother also lived in the house and was off staying with a friend for the next couple of evenings, and she did not believe Eureka would have taken her daughter without saying anything. But she wasn't, she wasn't really sure of the exact address where Eureka was at. She was able to provide a general location of Eureka's friend's apartment. And so the police were off. They're heading out to try to find her. Now, Eureka is over at her friend's house, and they'd been up most of the night watching television, and 
they notice that there is a ruckus going on outside. So they go outside to go check it out. And they notice a bunch of police officers over in the direction of Maddie's home. But the two women go back inside, not thinking too much of it. So Eureka's really startled when shortly after that, there is a knock at the door. And once the police were able to establish that Eureka was in the apartment, they asked of her if she had a daughter named Jaquilla. And Eureka was pretty confused because, yeah, I have a daughter named Jaquilla, but she's with Big Mama. She's not here. And then the officer had to break the news to Eureka that her daughter was reported missing. Now, Eureka immediately ran back to the house to ask Maddie what had happened. Because, like the police, Eureka just didn't get it. How does someone come into the house take Jaquilla, and nobody notices. And she even pointed out, why didn't Bebe bark? As they start their search for Jaquilla, most of the police officers involved, they were just certain, you know, we're going to find her. You know, this is just another case where a kid has wandered off. She's probably hiding. So they start going door to door and they start checking other people's houses and they're knocking on the door and they're saying, hey, you know what, we think a little girl has gotten out and we are asking you to check your homes. Can we come in and check your homes? Because we're thinking maybe she got in and she's hiding somewhere thinking she might be in trouble and she's not. We're just trying to find her. And so a lot of these neighbors were like, well, hell yeah, and we'll help you look. And so the neighbors just all came out and they started to help as well. So, I mean, this is just everybody's trying to help out. So people are just combing the residential neighborhood. They're combing the nearby Grove Park. They're calling out for Jaquilla. They're reassuring her that she is not in any type of trouble, but they aren't finding anything to indicate that there was a kid roaming around in the area. So then the police block off the street in front of Maddie's house and they establish a makeshift command post in her front yard. Now, there are pictures, and we'll post that, of what her house looked like. And her house kind of has like this big, you can park right at the front door. So it's all paved, so you could park right in front of the house. And so they brought in all the cadets who were currently in the police department and they had them assist with door-to-door -door searches, handing out missing poster flyers, and asking the residents to keep an eye out for Jaquilla. Investigators also brought in a bloodhound and a German shepherd to try and track Jaquilla's movements. But the dogs were unable to locate any type of trail to follow. There were no signs of a struggle inside the bedroom where Jaquilla was last seen and no blood or any other evidence was found inside the home. Police were just really uncertain if they were dealing with an abduction or if a child had wandered off. So they were handling it both ways. Traffic in the area really increased after the sun came up. They were stopping all cars that were coming through the neighborhood. They were questioning drivers, searching vehicles. They stopped the trash trucks, combed through those. A man who was hauling watermelons was stopped and his trailer was searched. Anytime they heard about 
small children. They went, they checked for him. Now, we had had some heavy thunderstorms because, of course, we do. So, the search teams were just getting soaked. But they're still searching. They go through Grove Park. And the following morning, search team expanded to most of the city of Wichita. There were ATVs, dogs. The FBI um, agents came in. The CART team came in. And the owner of a nearby horse ranch even volunteered the use of three of his horses. That was allowing police to comb through several parks, fields, some of the heavier places to look for her. But they got no clues. They got nothing. All of the family members were interviewed at the police station, and Eureka voluntarily submitted to a polygraph, which she passed with flying colors. Extended family members were interrogated as well, but police couldn't find anything. The neighbors held a prayer vigil on September 7th, and more than 100 people attended. Police continued to receive a lot of phone calls about the case in the first few days of the investigation. Most of them came from people who believed they had seen Jaquilla, and they followed up on every single one. And the family's anguish just continued to grow. And it got worse when the police had their little baby boy, Eureka's baby boy, Marcus, removed from his great-grandmother's home and he was placed in protective custody. Now, see, they were concerned about his safety. Without knowing why Jaquilla was missing, they were worried Marcus might be the next one to disappear. Eureka was allowed to visit her son a few times a month, but he would remain in foster care until 2004. And Jaquilla's case failed to attract the attention of national news media during the first few days of the investigation. And then it gets worse. The events that happened a week later made sure that the case would go unnoticed by the rest of the country because the terrorist attacks that took place on 9-11-2001 knocked Jaquilla's story out of the headlines. And that leads us back to the conversation I was having with my neighbor. But then it all stops when 9-11 happened. And he said that. So I can't imagine how Eureka felt, how abandoned. She must have felt on top of our nation being in crisis. And she has a missing child. Police developed suspects, but they won't talk about them. Other investigators have their own speculations. But for Eureka, she holds on that Jaquilla is alive. Jaquilla's picture remains tucked under the visor of two detectives' cars today. And police are up to date on DNA samples for databases. An interview, as I mentioned earlier, with Annette Lawless. They want to get a billboard, which I think is an amazing idea. Getting a large billboard with Jaquilla's picture. All of these cold cases, they tend to get forgotten. They tend to get lost. And so Eureka has Jaquilla's pictures all over her Facebook. And she has been trying to raise the funds in order to promote awareness about Jaquilla's case. 
So, and she also stated, you know, Jaquilla would be in her 20s now. What if she got pregnant? I mean, she's got this history of sickle cell anemia. So if she still is alive, she needs to know where she really came from because she could be passing these hereditary problems on to another family member. So when she was having the interview with Annette Lawless, and we will add a link so that you guys can see this on YouTube, another family member who was off camera and did not want to be shown, she did seem pretty shaken about an argument that Eureka had had with somebody else in the neighborhood. She said that neighbor and his girlfriend there was a lot of arguing back and forth because Eureka had questioned whether the girlfriend was actually pregnant or not. And that that person got pretty upset and had threatened Eureka's daughter. So she was pretty upset and pretty amendment that she thought something had happened due to that person. So we're not sure if police had followed that lead or not. So obviously we're going to be following up with that. And also Eureka feels left out of the loop. Yes, her child is posted on different things, but she says the Missing and Exploited Children Network and NamUs, when they post her the age progression photos, these different sites don't reach out to the parents of the missing. And so they don't feel as if they are contacted, as if they are a part of this. I did contact Eureka Scales before this podcast and asked if she wanted to be a part of it. I gave her a while and I didn't hear back from her. But I do agree that the parents and the families of the victims need to be a part of the conversation. When we are updating these case files, when we are updating these things, when we are updating the age progression pictures, we need to contact the family members. Um, Katrina Marshall is a prime example. Katrina Marshall in the Catherine Mowry story, she works so tirelessly. She has information nobody else has. If we didn't reach out to her about the Catherine Mowry story, we would miss so much. So as podcasters, it's our jobs to always include the families with our stories. If you don't include the families, you're missing what the story is actually about. So Annette Lawless recently did an interview with Eureka Scales, and she's also doing a series for Cake News called Missing in Kansas. And that is so important. There are over 200 cold cases in Wichita, and there are, I believe, over 20 unsolved cases in Sedgwick County. Now, we will have links to both of those websites on our website, on our podcast, and they are on our website as well. Because these cases do not get solved if they are not in the public eye. If they are forgotten, they're forgotten. People will not remember tips. People will not remember information. So it is up to you the public. Now, there is an amazing website out there. It is called Uncovered, and it's Uncovered.com. Uncovered.com 
has cold case missing persons. It has cold case murders. So you are able to go to that. You are able to find cases. You are able to submit cases. So if you are interested in true crime, if you have a family member and you are trying to get their case noticed, you're trying to get their case solved, that is an awesome place for you to go. It is a way to, there are so many retired investigators, retired officers, genealogists, um, so many of us with the investigative background who are on that site every day, sharing information, sharing different things, people with so many different ideas and thoughts. It's fresh eyes to look at these cases. Jaquilla Scales case is on that website. So please, if you can, go to that website. You will find so much more on there. And if you are somebody who has a loved one that they've lost or is missing, please go to Uncovered.com. See if their case is on there. And if it's not, you could submit that information to Uncovered.com. Jaquilla Scales, I will put links to the Charlie Project, Don't Know More, and the other sites that her case is on. And again, as I had said, her mother, I have reached out to her. I'm hoping I can hear back from her and we can try to find out how we can help her get a billboard here in Wichita to remind people that Jaquilla is missing. And we would like to help her get a billboard here in Wichita so we can help find Jaquilla Scales. I wanna thank you all for listening and let's try to clear up some of these cold cases in Wichita, Kansas. Find us on our Instagram and Twitter where we'll be sharing pictures and information about this case. And also in case you hadn't seen on our Twitter and our Instagram, Krista Martin's case is now one of the cases that is on the website Uncovered where it gives a chance for um, seasoned individuals to be able to research and put their theories out there about Krista Martin's crime. Also, the Wichita Police Department has a website for unsolved cases. They also have two detectives that are now assigned to the unsolved cases. That information is on our Instagram. We are incredibly excited to see that Krista Martin's case is on there. So it's extremely exciting to see and be able to see other unsolved crimes. And we will be sharing those crimes with you and seeing what we can do to raise awareness on those crimes as well. Again, if you have any information on any unsolved crimes that have happened in the Wichita or Sedgwick County area, also you can go to the Sedgwick County website, which we will provide on our Instagram as well go to either one of those. We'll also be providing those links on our podcast as well. So you can go to those, look at the unsolved crimes. And if you have any information, please do not hesitate. Whatever information you have, big or small, can make a difference. Look for us next week and we'll have a new podcast. Thanks a lot. Stay safe.